Welcome to the Bethesda Christian Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit yourbcc.org or download our mobile app from the App Store. Nice. Are you alive this morning? All right, maybe you're halfway there. I don't know. I'm alive. I'm alive this morning, and I'm glad to be alive. And I hope you're glad to be alive. There's some just wonderful things happening. And uh, Brother Rob Susan, he said, summer is coming to a close. Yeah, and and you heard him sigh a little. (laughs) It happens. It happens. Uh, But this summer, some great things have been happening around here. Did you like the smooth ride in this morning? I did too. That project on our parking lots is uh, still some details to be done, but it's really, really looking nice. And I want you to know we're doing our best to keep the place up and maintained. And not only have we been working on the parking lots, which are obvious, we finally caught up with Shaner. They got smoothed out a year ago. So now you don't feel like you've, uh, you know, you've come into a different country when you drive in. But we've also been working on our lights here. So we've been updating all of our lighting to LED lighting and uh, took down some of these enormous uh, metal halide lights that are in our gymnasiums. It's going to really uh, save us a lot on our energy costs as the uh, LED lights are uh, replaced in the gyms. So those big, uh, those big uh, uh, fixtures, we've, we've got a bunch of them in the garage. I don't think we can get rid of them. Nobody wants them because they just, uh, they're way too much to run anymore. So I want you to know, we're really trying to keep up. We've, uh, we're investing about $800,000 into the facility this summer. And uh, we're thankful that there's so many of you uh, behind this local church. And not only are you behind us materially, but I know that you're behind spiritually as well, which is enormously important. And I've been speaking to you since the beginning of the year to continue to put out God's word. And I heard a a great testimony the other day about someone who just since... the, The word to me was since you started, and I said, no, no, I didn't start that. Really, I didn't. It was the second week of January, I think, where I preached from Acts chapter 4, and that just stuck. We're going to pray this about being bold for our God. And to me, that God was just directing that. And I heard someone say, they have just been different since that, praying that every morning. And I said, thank you, Lord. That's so great that someone's taken it to heart that much. And I'm hoping we all have, and we can pray it like we've been praying it since the beginning of the year, Acts chapter 4, 29. Let's pray it. Lord, enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Amen. Let's keep it up. Sometimes it doesn't uh, seem that easy. Sometimes we might even be a little afraid. We heard in that song that uh, the ladies from the worship team just sung, 
We step into the valley unafraid. Sometimes we're afraid of things and it seems so irrational. What are we afraid of? What is fear? What is fear? Fear is it's an emotion and sometimes it's a healthy emotion. We learn not to touch a hot stove. We're afraid we're going to burn ourselves. So it's sometimes good, but it can sometimes take us the wrong way too. It's a strong and unpleasant emotion sometimes, and it's caused by an anticipation or an awareness of danger. It can be an anxious concern, a reason to be alarmed about something. And when we're frightened, when we're afraid, that emotion can do things to us physically, can it? Uh, if, if I were to, uh, say, toss out a mouse here, I'll bet you there'd be someone that would scream. Scream! And, and perhaps jump out of their seat because that's just something they're afraid of. We instantaneously respond sometimes physically. Our heart rate goes up. We might scream. We might start trembling and shaking about something. We might even turn around and run away. Fear can be absolutely, at times, debilitating to us physically. We could curl up into the fetal position at the thought of maybe traveling or flying or being in a closed space. These are called phobias, and the list of phobias is almost endless. And when we think about them, we might say, well, that, boy, to be afraid of uh, that, well, that just doesn't make sense. And it might be someone's afraid to fly but you're afraid of closed spaces. So we all, we all can probably relate to being afraid of something, even if it seems irrational to others. And when it happens, it's, it's tough to control ourselves, isn't it? Sometimes physically, we can't stop that reaction, that scream, or if we're standing on the top of a tall building and that churn starts to happen in our stomach, we can't control it. We're just like, get us away from here. And sometimes it's hard to admit it. Because if you admit it, if you tell someone what you're afraid of, what's going to happen? They're going to use it against you. They might hold it against you. They might uh, say, hey, let's go to the top of the building. Or let's go into this little room Whatever it is, let's shut off the lights. You're afraid of the dark. Or they'll shut the lights off on you just to, just to hear you scream and watch you lose control. And have you ever seen that? There's this uh, program I watch sometimes just for a laugh. Sometimes I need a, a, just a comedic break. And it's called Impractical Jokers. I don't know if you've ever seen it. But it's this goofy show where there's four guys and they put each other up to doing just bizarre things. And it's a competition to, in essence, embarrass each other. And they have just a couple of rules. And one is you have to do what the other guy tells you to do. 
And if you don't, you lose. And at the end of one, every single one of those uh, programs, they'll have a loser. And what they do is uh, they punish the loser. And now the loser has no option whatsoever. That loser has to do what the other three guys tell him to do. Now when you, they know what the other guys are afraid of, and they use it against them. There's one guy who's afraid of spiders. Another guy's afraid of heights. And uh, the other one, he's afraid of cats. He's got this really crazy fear of cats. And when the buddies know to use the fear against them, you know, it's sad to laugh sometimes, but it is hilarious to see them terrified. Uh, I've got a little clip for you this morning of their fears being exploited. Let's, let's check it out. Hugh is definitely afraid of spiders. Hugh should have never told us he's deathly afraid of spiders. Please sign this waiver, and I'm not joking, that indemnifies the people that brought the spider. So Murray thought we were coming here to teach classes today, but in fact, it's his punishment. Murray is deathly, deathly afraid of skydiving. His entire life saying he will never do it. I am not jumping, no way. So our friend Sal has a crippling fear of one thing. Cats. What he doesn't know is, today he's going to teach a seminar on how to bond with your cat. She was afraid of spiders, yes, but mostly tarantulas. What we didn't tell him was that these are all tarantulas. We always go big. Well, uh, how about we just get started? (laughs) So, bonding with your cat. That's all it is, it's just this. You don't tie it in like a double knot or something. <laughs> this is a. Uh, this is Mr. Jumbles. That's the size of a kitten. That's gotta weigh like half a pound. Yeah. Please stop, please stop, please stop. Q, I don't wanna alarm you, but you got a tarantula on you. I'm about to show you how to bond with multiple cats. I will now enter this cage full of cats. Let the bonding begin. (laughs) Oh, I feel it crawling on me. That guy looks like he's gonna jump on me. God. You know, but... Oh, my God! I need three new best friends! Now, did you hear how many times they called on God? Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah, because this guy gets put into a cage of cats! Or 
The guy falling out of the sky, he's screaming, he kisses the ground when he gets to the end. Uh, and we laugh, we laugh. But if someone were taking advantage of our fears, you know, we might be screaming as uncontrollably as they were. Don't put me in a, a room full of cats. I'll take the tarantulas any day or give me snakes because I don't like spiders or whatever. And if someone knows what our fear is, it can just knock the wind out of us. It can debilitate us. And the word of God, the Bible, talks about fear, and it gives some descriptions that show just how debilitating fear can be. In the book of Joshua, the the people thought they were going to be routed by this little city called Ai because the men of Ai had chased away the, uh, the Israelite men. And the description there in the book of Joshua says that their hearts melted in fear and became like water. Now that's how debilitating the fear of these people of Ai were. And Another example, in the book of Daniel, there's an episode where a hand, just a hand, nothing else, just a hand begins to write on a wall. And the king of Babylon is watching this hand writing on the wall, and there's a great description about what happens to the king. And you should read it in a few versions because it, it gets really interesting, but the, uh, the kinder version says his face turned pale, he was so frightened, his legs became weak, and his knees started to knock together. And that's, again, some knockdown fear. In the Old Testament book of Habakkuk, the prophet described some fear this way. He wrote, my heart pounded, my lips quivered, decay crept into my bones. And my legs trembled. Again, that is some powerful fright. But even such powerful fear, it can be overcome. In our uh, Bible reading last week, we began the book of Jeremiah. And if you've been following along, we have our reading plan on the back of our bulletin, so it's there for next week. Take it. Keep up, because we'll be touching again on it next week. But last week, started Jeremiah, and in the first chapter of Jeremiah, this idea of fear is addressed. And I want to talk a little bit about just being frightened and, and afraid this morning, and especially the, the reason why Jeremiah was afraid, and see if we can't apply it to our own lives and to the, to the point that Jeremiah was being directed because I feel we're being directed there too and that is to share what we have about God. So I want to read Jeremiah chapter four, this, or chapter one, verses four through eight. Just a, a short excerpt from chapter one and it says this, the word of the Lord came to me, that's Jeremiah, saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. 
Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say, I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Jeremiah was the son of a priest. He began his ministry when he was young. He might have been maybe about, maybe about 20 years old during the king during the reign of King Josiah. Now this was somewhat of a revival time in the nation of Judah and the city of Jerusalem. Somewhat of a spiritual revival time. Josiah had discovered the word of God. He was trying to reinstill the word of God. He was trying to deal with all the idolatry. But unfortunately, this revival would be short-lived and God chose Jeremiah, knowing that would be the case. He chose Jeremiah to be a spokesman as the revival was going to decay into depravity. He wanted Jeremiah there to talk to the people. Now here in Jeremiah chapter 1, we read of God's calling and his commissioning of this young man. And God brought to him the most uplifting and encouraging word, didn't he? Jeremiah, he said, before you were even born, before you were in your mother's womb, I chose you. I knew you. I set you apart as a prophet. Now, how might any of us respond if we had heard those very words from Almighty God? I knew you. I chose you before anything. Now, wouldn't that really just lift us up? Wouldn't that put the wind right back into our sails? Wouldn't it be really great and encouraging? God chose me before I was born. And be over, overjoyed, jubilant, over the moon, you know, skipping for joy. And that's what happened with Jeremiah, right? That was his reaction, wasn't it? No. No. Not, not really. What was Jeremiah's reaction to this fantastic word from Almighty God? Jeremiah moaned. He let, out this, he let out this expression. He says, alas! Alas! That's an expression of grief. It's, a, it's an expression of grave concern, even terror. That's the prophets or this young man before he even knew he was a prophet, that's his re response to God's uplifting word. He says, alas, I can't speak. Jeremiah was frightened. He was afraid. And he belts out this, this exclamation of, of fear and then that dreaded phrase. First, alas, and then that, the, the dreaded words, I can't. I can't. But what did God tell Jeremiah? He said, yes, you can. What did the Lord tell him? He said, you go to everyone I send you to, and you say what I give you. 
Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of them. I'm with you. Fear not, I am with you. Now, I realize that this word to Jeremiah was a personal word to Jeremiah. It was a personal promise to this specific young man. Can we make application? Can we just grab hold of it and say exactly the same thing? I'm with you. I'll, never, I'll, I'll rescue you. Don't be afraid. Before we do that, before we just grab a hold of a word that's personal and direct to someone, let's just look at a little broader range of Scripture and find out, could we really take hold of this same promise? When we look through Scripture, when we look through a broader range of what the Bible has to offer us, we find examples like this. And I'll go back to Joshua. Early on in the book of Joshua, chapter 1, three times the Lord repeated to that man, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. And that's another way of saying, don't be afraid. Fear not. And the Lord went on there with Joshua. He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So here's another person who gets the same thing. I'm with you. Don't be afraid. Fear not. I'm with you. We'll go to Isaiah chapter 41. Now to the whole nation, this isn't just to a person, to the whole nation, God said these words, I have chosen you. Do not fear, I am with you. So we see it promised to a few people, we see it to an entire nation. And God went on there in the book of Isaiah he said, don't fear, I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my right hand. Great word to the whole nation. And now to all of us, we have Jesus. And Jesus promised to every single one of us the infilling of the Holy Spirit, God with us at all times. And the last words that Jesus said to his friends before he ascended into heaven was, I am with you always. So to answer the question, could we latch onto that promise that was given to Jeremiah? I say, yes, I believe we can because I see a broader application of that through the entire, uh, the, the entire Bible, through all of Scripture. And I believe we can receive this promise that was stated to Jeremiah, do not be afraid, for I am with you. And what was it that Jeremiah was afraid of? He was afraid of bringing God's word, talking to people about what the Lord had to say. Now, we saw in the video what can happen when our fears are exposed. Oh, fear of something goofy like spiders or cats or we're afraid of heights or whatever. But talking to others about the Lord, could we have anxiety about that? Does that, does that make us get tense a little bit? Do we fear it? Do we fear it because people will consider us religious cranks? They'll think we're 
they think we're nuts or whatever, we might not even ever tell anybody that we have such a fear because we worry about what others think. And that can happen to us. But we're put into a situation and instantly we can be thinking about what another person thinks about us. And sometimes that it just becomes a fear and we've got to get over it. We've got to move beyond it and we can overcome it. I, I had this happen to me recently and I had to remind myself, why do I care what that other person thinks? Why am I, why am I worried about it? I, I was at the mall over at uh, Lakeside at Macy's and was there with Julie in an afternoon. We were making a return. And I think it was a Friday afternoon. And so we walked into the store and I, I told her, hey, uh, I, I need to find a restroom. That's what I, I needed to do that. So I start walking the perimeter of the store. I don't know this store very well. So I start walking the perimeter because I figure that's where I'll find something. And a man, a young man, stops me. And it's, I don't want to make any judgments about a person just by what they, what they look like, but it seemed obvious to me he wasn't in Macy's to shop. He had a backpack on. Uh, he, he, he looked like he was more on a, you know, just sort of on a hike than he would be shopping at Macy's. And he, he stops me and he says, hey, you got a couple of bucks. And I, you know, he bad, I'm gonna confess to you. You know, the first thing I think is, do I got a sign on my back? Why does this always happen to me? I, I'm, you know. So I look at him and I don't really have a chance to respond. And a lady walks up to us and she says, sir, I told you. You can't be asking people for money. You need to leave. And I'm thinking, perfect, because I need to find a restroom. I got to go. And she's, she's helping me out. But I look at this young man, and, and I kind of made eye contact with him. And in, in a microsecond, these things happen in your mind, don't they? You're processing so many things. But another thing comes to my mind, and it's this. You've been standing in front of a group of people for months saying, Lord, enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. What is wrong with you? Ah, so I said, okay, I look at this kid in the eyes, and I'm thinking, well, maybe this is an opportunity. And then there's this woman standing there, Macy's, you know, she's all dressed up and and I know she wants me to just tell this kid to go. And I look at him and I, I said, hey, we need to go. We need to go. And I think she looked at me kind of funny, but I had to get over what she thought about me for a minute. I'm thinking, oh, this lady's going to think I'm strange. I'm going to leave. But I said, we need to go. Let's go. And he didn't really know what to say or do, but we started walking. I said, there's a door right there. Let's go. We got to go out. So we went outside the store, and I said, what's your story? Really, what do you need a couple of bucks for? 
and he told me he had a young lady in his life and she, they were there at the store together and they got in some kind of disagreement and she left and he didn't have a car. And he said, I just need to get a bus or something to, to get home. I got to go to work. And so I started asking him about his relationship with this young lady and I find out she's expecting and he says, yeah, that's probably why she's really not in a good mood and she's not, and uh, I, so I asked him, well, what's, what's his future? And he said he wants to get married and it just really opened up a way for me to start talking. You want to get married? What are you going to do with, you're going to be a dad. Then what? How are you going to raise that child? Do you think you're going to want that child to be here at Macy's one day doing what you're doing? And he says, no, no, I, I really want the best. And it just, it opened up an opportunity to start talking to him about the Lord. And I started talking to him about Jesus while we were sitting right there on this little wall outside Macy's and then my phone rang and Julie's like, where are you? Where are you? I said, I'm out in the parking lot. And she's like, what are you doing out in the parking lot? And I said, come on out. So she came out and then she sat down next to me while I was sort of finishing up my conversation with this young man. And I told him I'll help you out, but before I do, we should pray. And he said, yeah. So there we were, and I, all that feeling you have about, well, there's people walking by, and I just grabbed his hand, he held my hand, we sat there, I didn't care who was walking by, and we just prayed with him. And it was a, a really uh, a great opportunity, and I, I admit I had to get over a couple of hang-ups and fears about what other people thought, and just say, Lord, You've, you can enable, you can, you can help. And I believe he did. And I don't know if that young man will ever visit here. I certainly invited him. But I think it was an opportunity to just share Jesus. And uh, I'm glad that I had it because it helped me to get beyond some of these things like this lady looking at me thinking I'm kind of Weird, because I'm going to walk out with someone she's kicking out. See, Jeremiah, he, he had this kind of fear. You know, when we talk about a, a hang-up or these things that can churn around inside, and sometimes we don't even want to speak them, Jeremiah actually spoke it. He let it be known what he was afraid of. And he, he let it known that he had a fear because he said, alas, alas, sovereign Lord. And he voiced his vulnerability. He said what he was afraid of. I'm too young. I'm too young. I can't do it, God. I can't. And I think sometimes we, that, that can happen to us. We can, I can't do it. I, Jeremiah's, I'm thinking, he says I can't. What's going on in his mind? I don't have the credentials. I'm too young. I haven't lived life long enough. I don't have the experience to talk to all these people who are older than me. They're not going to take me seriously. A prophet? Who am I? They're not even going to believe it. Who's going to accept me? And isn't that what we do when we have a fear? 
especially when it might be that the Lord is prompting us to do something, to make a decision, to go a certain way, or to, to speak his word to someone who might reject it or even reject us. That list starts running through our minds, doesn't it? Really fast. I can't do it. I can't do it. Lord, I can't do it. I can't be a mentor. No. I can't pray for another person out loud. I can't be part of that Bible study discussion group. I'm too young. I'm too old. I talk too slow. I talk too fast. I'm not educated enough. I don't know the Bible like all those other people do. It's so embarrassing. I'm going to be embarrassed. I'm going to look like a fool. They'll think I'm weird. And we can go on and on and on in our minds. And we can give God all the reasons why we're afraid. And what's the Lord saying back to us? What's the Lord saying back? You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. You're ill-equipped. You can't do it. No, no, you're not smart enough. That's true. That's true. You're going to get tongue-tied. I know it. You'll, you're just going to, you're going to botch it all up. You're going to look like a fool. You hit the nail on the head. You can't do this. That's the Lord's response, right? Is that the Lord's response? Nah, that's just the lie. That's the lie of the enemy speaking to you. And I, I have struggled with this. And I'm not, you know, this, this guy at the mall, every, that doesn't happen every time. I mean, I will admit to you, there are times where I have regretted. And I, said, I say to myself, I should have talked to that person. Why didn't I? What was I, what was I worried about? Because I got that list going and got that list going, got that weird churning inside. I got to remind myself the Lord's response is not that you can't do that. No, that's the lie. That is the lie. That's the devil tempting us to walk away from an opportunity to share the word, to speak to another person about eternal life. What did Jesus say to the adversary, Satan? What did he say about him? He said there's no truth in him. When he lies, he is speaking his native language. He said that uh, Satan, the devil, he is a liar. He's the father of lies. And those are the words of Jesus, and that's in John's Gospel, chapter 8. The enemy lies. But what does Jesus say? He says don't worry. Don't worry about what you have to say. In other words, don't be afraid. He said the Holy Spirit will be with you and give you the words. That's Luke chapter 12. And in John 14, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit is an advocate, a helper, and the Holy Spirit will remind you of everything that I've told you. That's what Jesus said. And that's a promise to all of us. Because he promised the Holy Spirit to all of us. And that was God's promise to Joshua. It was God's promise to the whole nation of Israel. It was God's promise to this young man, Jeremiah. And it's a promise to all of us. It's a promise to you. Don't say I'm too young. 
Don't say whatever it is that raises up that fear inside of you. Don't say it. Don't be afraid. For God's with you. Now, does that mean it's always just going to be a bed of roses? It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be sunshine and clear skies and smooth sailing. And I'll be straightforward with you. The answer is no, not at all. Jeremiah wept for the city of Jerusalem. Jeremiah was rejected. One time he was uh, beaten and he was put into stocks. The priests of, uh, of Jerusalem and the false prophets, they wanted him dead. And Jeremiah dictated all of the words that God spoke to him. And he had them put on a scroll and sent to the king. And you know what the king did? The king unrolled that scroll bit by bit and he cut it off and he threw it into a fire. Arrogantly, he rejected the word sent to him by Jeremiah. That's how Jeremiah was received. And then the, the next king had Jeremiah thrown in prison for a long time. He finally let him loose to the courtyard of, 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 of the jailers. And the people didn't like it. So they threw him into a cistern full of mud. And he, got, he was, could have died in there. He was eventually pulled out sent back to the courtyard where he was uh, under guard. And this was his many trials. But what did he have? He had the promise, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm not leaving you. I'll help you. Even though life wasn't perfect. So don't say you're too young. Don't be afraid. I am with you. That's God's word. Jeremiah went for over 40 years remembering that promise that God had given him. And for 40 years, he brought the word of God. He went from fearful to fearless. God told him, I'm with you. And he added, I will rescue you. So whatever the situation is that might make us afraid, that raises the heart rate and gets us to trembling, we can be fearless because God is with us. Whatever our perceived weakness or vulnerability, we say I'm too young, too old, whatever, you can be fearless. Whatever comes, God will rescue you. It's just not that easy though, right? You say it's easier said than done. So I ask, have you gone to God? Have you gone to God? Jeremiah was transparent with God. And he went to him. He didn't hide it. He said, alas, God, I'm frightened. That's what, he's, that's what he's saying. Alas, I can't do it. He opened up. He gave God his heart. And God gave him his ear. God was listening. Well, Jeremiah's saying, I, I, I can't do it. God was hearing now, if you've been dealing with something and internal anxiety, struggling to come overcome a fear, even if it's a fear to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, pray like Jeremiah. Just open up to God. Come talk to the Lord about it. Give him your heart. He'll give you his ear. And our altars are open for that this morning. They're, they're open for us to pray. And I want us to pray. And, and it's... You don't have to be ashamed or embarrassed. We all deal with it. We all do. We deal with that 
those butterflies, that nauseous feeling of fear. And if it's beyond, if it's beyond a fear of talking to others, if you have a physical ailment this morning, we want to pray for that too. The Bible says, if any are sick, let them come to the elders of the church. So our elders are here and they'll anoint you. Maybe, uh, maybe you're afraid because you have that physical issue and it's brought uncertainty into your life. How are you going to pay the medical bills? Will I even get better? What if the surgeon makes a mistake? All those things. We think about them if we have an issue and if fear settles in, it can be debilitating. So I want our elders, if you would, to come to our altars right now and we want to pray for all, all your needs, any need that you might have today, but if you need to get fearless, if you need a touch from God, you can get that touch from God right here and leave here. Leave here fearless. Get, get, get rid of that. Have that washed away. Talk to God openly, just like Jeremiah did. And God can respond. You see how gracious he was to Jeremiah? He didn't get angry with him. He didn't say, oh, what is the matter with you? No, he, he just said, don't be afraid. I'm with you. I'll rescue you. And I believe God will do that for every single one of us this morning. But you got to take that step. You just got to take that step out of your seat, come to the altars, and open up and ask God to meet you because he will. He absolutely will. And if you're in the back and you can't make it up front, we've got some elders in the back. Just raise your hand and they'll be happy to come and pray with you. Let's just invite the Holy Spirit. Lord, as we take this time to pray this morning, as people come to these altars with needs, God, with needs, be, be they just uh, 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 in their heart and mind, something that might have caused them to be afraid. If it's a physical need, God, where they're facing an operation or they just want your healing touch. Lord, we're asking that you be here. Use these elders of the church, God, as channels of your blessing. Lord, they have prepared themselves in their hearts, and your word tells us that that prayer of faith, it's effective, and we believe it. So as people come, meet them here, Lord. Meet them here. Use the ministers and elders, God, as your servants, and as they do, exactly what your word says, and anoint with oil, pray the prayer of faith. We believe you hear it, and we believe you act. We're expecting, Lord. We are expecting. Like we heard from the jump this morning, we can expect you in power and in might and strength, and we thank you for it, God, in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen.